0: It's amazing. Forty two in October. So I can just say this right now: wow. I would not be getting the right. Yeah, yeah. No, well, thanks. Not, not a lot of people would at this age. I know that.
1: You know, it's, uh, it's risky. I would train.
2: <laughs> Fellas, we're back at this. We're uh, new revamped. setup, revamped, revamped. Reimagined, reimagined, <laughs>
0: Re- reinvigorate, <laughs> <laughs> energized.
2: That's right, man. So we're here today with uh, Mister Mister Johnson to, you know, just explore, you know, his life, his connection to the Black communities uh, of Nova Scotia, his journey uh, to that brought him to where he's at today.
0: The story of MJ, mm. right?
2: Yeah, no, I appreciate you guys having me on.
0: Another narrative, uh, another one but what's really important is this is when it doesn't matter, matter past, present, or future, it's important to capture all narratives. Absolutely. Right? This is Absolutely. all history. History Absolutely. in the making, so to speak. Yep. Right. Yep.
2: Well, I mean, you know, like we've been here for, like as we, as we discovered along our journey, you know, we've been here for <laughs> 400 years plus trying to, you know, identify, you know, who we are, and you know, the challenges that we've encountered over along this journey and still co- continue to encounter today.
0: Yeah, I think it's you know, we continue to go on this journey, we look and we start noticing the patterns, the trends, and it's literally everywhere. And you guys said, uh, capture the narrative, which is which is which is
1: perfect, very uh, poignant, but uh, also now in today's time with you know, platforms like your platform. We have the ability to control the narrative, oh, which is
0: powerful. Which is amazing. Changing the narrative, Changing. Well, control, but controlling the narrative, yep. right? Because you can yep. change it technically, but you might not have the ability to control it. So that's, that's, that's powerful. Mm-hmm. You know, um and we'll continue to control it with this. That's why content is so important here.
2: Every opportunity that we have and every conversation that we have and every uh you know step that we take along this journey with intention to you know create and tell our side of the story
0: and pathways opportunities for mm-hmm. us to do this key word
1: opportunities you guys will hear me uh reference that word uh probably several times throughout this uh, podcast cuz uh that is a a key uh driver uh to to my brand and and to everything that that I've going on right now is opportunity
2: that's amazing so I guess without The new further. OPP. <laughs> oh, oh, right? new ooh. OPP. We're <laughs> <laughs> so, talking opportunity out here. Let's uh, go. Uh, uh, uh.
1: And, and and not not just talking about opportunity, <laughs> yes. but but we're no longer waiting for opportunities. We're we're creating opportunities for ourselves.
0: Creating, yes. Very pivotal moment in terms of what's going on in history hey, now, right? Sean, Sean, how
2: how else do we uh, frame that creation of opportunity? Oh, you mean the black media. Ecosystem? Black media ecosystem, absolutely. But guess what we're doing? We are building capacity. The capacity building. Yeah.
0: Capacity. Mm-hmm. Actually, spinning my eye when oh. you said capacity. Oh, oh
2: wow. <laughs> across the table. Just just that's, the, that's the energy. <laughs>
0: energy. Well, capacity building is something we really need to focus on. And as we go through this process of learning what that's like, to have that control, but how to distribute wealth and invest back into our community. You hear me talk about social entrepreneurship. Accumulate also accumulate, Acc- accumulate getting, right. getting started, getting started, right. Making more fun and giving opportunities. And that's the vision. That's where we want to go with this. We never knew podcasting would be the venue for that. We've been talking about this for years. When media, my, my with it's, you, it's, Matt. It's, a, it's media. We've always talked about business ventures, things way. And it always comes back to being, self-employed. And I think that's really how we're going to deal with some of these barriers, Since, since right?
1: we were roommates in
0: university, we had always
1: talked about, you know, different business ventures in university. I was, uh, self-employed, you know, running my own, uh, illegal cannabis operation. Um, so yeah, Ooh, it was something, hustle,
2: baby, it was something hustle, that we, we, we've we been talking about. We,
1: we've been, we've been, <laughs> that's right. we've been living that entrepreneurial life since
2: <laughs> day you know? one, Yeah, day
1: one, since, since many moons ago, day but it's, one. if you know, you know,
0: Mm, and guess what? It's a necessity. Yeah. Absolutely. Right? It's and it's funny. Story. Canada now. Guess what? Marijuana is what? Where do we call it? Dope.
2: <laughs> Illegal to essential, baby. One of the first countries to legalize. Yeah, Blessed yeah. to be Canadian. The Uruguay is one, actually, I think, too.
0: Right? Uruguay? Yep.
2: Uruguay
1: was the first. First, right? Ooh. Yeah. yeah. But I don't think they did it in in the same capacity that we did in terms of, like, you know, DSD and, and just all the marketing and, mm. you know, promotion. Not not that you're allowed to promote in Canada, but, you know, the, a lot of the producers have creative
2: ways of getting their, their brand messages out for sure. All right. So, Matt, why don't you, you know, take a, a few seconds here and just, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background.
0: Where you got those hands at.
2: What? Yeah, so, you know, um,
1: 41 years old, uh, from right here, Dartmouth, Nova Scotia, uh, born Halifax, 1981. Uh, teenage parents. Um, All too common in our community. Yeah, father from uh, Cherry Brook via Beachville, and mom uh, from uh, Dartmouth via Three Mile Plains and Newport Station. Mm. Wow, Three mm. Mile Plains. Three Miles Plains,
0: right? There's is nice another shore. connection, right? Yeah yeah
1: yeah. historically black communities here right so um yeah that's that's kind of the background I'm, I'm i'm the oldest on on both sides my parents split shortly after i was born um me and my mom were kind of out there just just figuring it out we we grew up together went through a lot of challenges a lot of ups and downs um uh, but we're we're still here standing she's probably the, mo- the most resilient person i know and uh, definitely is a, is a big influence in, in in the man i am and then becoming um so that's basically the and you didn't grow backdrop. up in, in Nova Scotia you yeah moved around a lot I was in Ontario Quebec uh, a few different cities moved around a lot as a kid actually changed schools you know once twice a year at times so never really had a lot of like long-term childhood friends you know we moved back to Nova Scotia just before I started high school and um, that was I think probably the first time where I was ever out of school for like more than two consecutive years
0: and Larissa, we know during this journey because we talked about talked about Cherry Brook Three Miles Plains, but the significance of the second, or sorry, the third wave of migration, because the Maroons were second, right? Uh-huh. Um, the uh, Black refugees of uh, the War of 1812, which is really interesting, right? Yep. So it's funny the connections to all these communities as we continue to go along, right? And there's over 50, 52. And yeah, plus community's also plus as plus well plus too. plus. Yeah, for sure.
1: <laughs> so, you know, we, 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 like I said, hopped around a lot as a kid, came back home and kind of reconnected with, with my father and, and that side of the family, which is, which has been amazing. He's now a, a big part of, of my life and um, yeah, I'm blessed to have both my parents. Uh, that's the cool part of having teenage parents, I guess, is that they're, they're, they're younger than everybody else's parents. So, you know, they're still here and healthy and, and thriving and, and, and a big, big part of my life. Absolutely. That's amazing.
0: Yeah. And so that's essentially how you got here, right? You so know, here. Yeah, you man. know, it's talked about your background a little bit, but kind of sets the stage for what you're doing right now.
1: Boxing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Boxing. When I, so when I moved home, um, around 14 years old, uh, I was, you know, i I'd, I'd been interested in basketball for a while, been interested in boxing, but hadn't really tried either of them in like a organized or structured manner. Um, so I actually played football in grade 10 uh, at Dartmouth high go Spartans. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, that same year, I, I just didn't have the confidence to, to try out for her, for the high school team in grade 10. Um, They're the best team in the province that year actually. And, you know backtrack a little bit in grade nine before i moved home from ottawa i actually got cut from the first team i tried out for in grade nine so i come back here in grade 10 and i see how good they are and i was like oh hell no so <laughs> i played football that actually i was living in woodside at the time and, and started going down to city lakes boxing club and that's that's where the the connection with that club came from so i would have been yeah 14 15 years old just kind of still
2: here today club still
1: here i believe it's the oldest uh, boxing club in nova scotia
2: wow produced uh, you know quite a few you know contenders good, uh, yeah.
1: yeah yeah so i was you know i was playing football i was i was doing the boxing thing and uh, i was still i wasn't playing for Dartmouth high but i was playing for like the the aba celtics or whatever like right. one of the local club teams who yes. traveled like north Preston or wherever and play play like club games that year um so i was super busy and you know uh I felt like I needed to make a choice, and I'd always loved basketball. Like that was my first love, right? So I chose that, and uh, ended up paying off. Uh, had a, had a pretty good high school career. Considering grade eleven was the first year I played any organized ball, well, I ended up getting recruited by a few schools. And fast forward, got a degree out the gig, and was able to play a little bit of pro ball for for a short stint. And then uh, pandemic hits. So pandemic hit, social distancing, basketball was always like my outlet in terms of staying in shape, mental health, you know, uh-huh. it was always my way, it was always my escape, you know, that's why I really fell in love with it at the beginning and it carried on even after I finished playing competitively. So when the pandemic hit and you couldn't play basketball, there are no more leagues. Um, you know, I dusted off the heavy bag and started... uh <laughs> you know, trying to reinvent starting, myself, starting
2: to fire those hands again.
1: Yeah. I was just He's going through a shape. lot. It was a yeah. great stress relief. I couldn't play yes. basketball. So I was just like, you know, let me, let I'd me go play. in
0: there sometime and this guy would just have towels down. because wow. sweating. Right. And I'm like, oh, you're taking this seriously. And I was about 270 plus pounds at the time. Uh, so that's one of the benefits, right? How much yeah. you lost some weight, obviously from doing this. Yeah, right? Well,
1: I got down, like I got all the way down to a 220. And now, like over the last like year and a half,
2: I've put on some some good weight and now I'm sitting around 240. Nice. The, 240. I'm, I'm over here walking around at 240 myself. Like, yeah. holy. Yeah. And I, but it was worse. It was worse. Yeah, It happens, man. Yes. You get older, you have families, you're working,
1: you, you don't make it a priority to take no. care of yourself, man. You just take certain things for granted.
0: So wrong with me, cause while you uh light,
2: <laughs> Yeah. Some people make it a
0: priority. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. i try to stay in the gym if I can. Yeah. So
2: while you between between, you know, you when you first started, you know, you know, messing around with the gloves and when you, you know, went to boxing or sorry, when you went to playing basketball, like uh to now where you're back into boxing, like did you stay active in boxing like throughout that whole time? Or so there were times like after I graduated
1: university, uh, I moved out west and I went to a, a boxing club once or twice with Sean out there. Right. Um, I moved. And you were somewhere. in Edmonton, yeah. When I was in Edmonton, nice. I moved to St. John, oh, New yeah, Brunswick for, for work with Imperial Tobacco uh-huh. um, and the K.V. Golden Gloves uh, in Quis, I think it's in Quispamsis or Rosse, New Brunswick. I, I frequented there for you know a year and a half, maybe two years. So, and I always had a heavy bag wherever I lived. I always had one in the basement, in the garage. So it was always something that I kind of kept as like a, a secondary source of like fitness.
2: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. It's a good go to, right? Absolutely. Yeah, man. Set up, right? Yeah. So how did uh, you go from, you know, the basketball to boxing to, you know, your own this brand. point? Yeah. On right? your journey where you, where you
0: created, you know, like, did you a, brand see a need it? Or what motivated you to kind of take that leap, right? Because it's one thing to do boxing. That's Uh another thing. But then to create a brand around it, was there a motivating factor or something that,
1: well, I I mean, like I've always just kind of had a entrepreneurial side of me. Like we talked about earlier, like, you know, in my teenage university years, um, selling cannabis, um, in my career, uh, working with various consumer packaged goods companies, I've done a lot of brand building for some of the uh. biggest brands in this country, right? So a lot of, you know, key learnings that I knew one day I would be able to apply to to something, whichever business I decided to do, did I ever think it would be boxing or motivation or anything like that? It wasn't that was never a thought. Um, but, but life happens. And like I said, when the pandemic hit, everybody was going through a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was looking in the mirror, just not, not happy with, with what I was seeing. I had a, I had a relationship that was dissolving. Um, you know, I'd recently lost, uh, some, some close family members to, to suicide. Um, you yeah. know, I had some, some major, mental health, major, major challenges too, happening, community. like professionally wow. on, on, on my, in my career. Um, where I just felt like there there weren't any opportunities available for me, so what the whole boxing thing, it just kind of made me start redigging and, and rediscovering uh, a lot of the stuff that I felt like I had lost over the years working for these big companies and kind of losing sight of what's really important. So on on my journey, which is your mental of, health, yeah, which is your mental <laughs> right. health. You can't do anything. You can't, just- you can't be there for for all of your loved ones as a provider and and, and a source of strength and and you know, leadership, if, if your mental health isn't, isn't good, you know, so that's, that's where it all started. And people around me were just started being inspired. I was just posting stuff from my phone on Instagram and was getting some positive feedback and, you know, shout outs from people I hadn't talked to in years that they were, they were inspired by it. And my brother started uh, just recording
2: it. Mm. So when it comes to like your brand uh, and everything, I think you mentioned, you know, sort of, you know, motivation is like maybe like what you like are doing is trying yeah. to motivate others. But what are the are there any other drivers behind, you know, your brand and what led you to like the brand and, you know, so the pushing whole, this
1: message, the whole brand. And I am Arco, um, you know, like the, the origin story. So we'll backdrop a bit. My grandfather, um, Paul T Hamilton, uh, is actually one of the first registered black dog breeders in can- Canadian history. Um, one of his dogs uh that that my father and my uncles used to used to help tend
0: to the first you said one of the first right? one of the first my, yeah, my aunt is actually
1: uh going through the the history books and, and checking in with the kennel clubs to see if there's anybody that predate him hmm. um she hasn't found anybody yet but um yeah i know he's one of the first if not the first yeah so yeah that uh they always talk, talked about this dog arco and he was always talked about in not the most positive light, so he was kind of like the dark horse. he was like the the troublesome dog, and he was hard headed just the strong will couldn't break him, just wouldn't listen, you know what i mean right and uh just through various instances in my life, like I said, just having teenage parents and kind of being you know alienated from from my father's side of the family and my mother's side of the family uh for a large portion of my life, I always felt like the the dark horse and like you know that uh yeah, I kind yeah, arco, arco. right. I kind of embody that and just kinda played on it. And uh like I said, it it is just really about first and foremost to help motivate and inspire people and create some change and, and I guess the, nice. the biggest key dr- key driver back to that word that we we started with opportunity. Um that that is a, a major driver behind all this. And like I said, it's about uh creating those opportunities for yourself and not not allowing others, whether it's your boss, whether it's your spouse, whether it's you know, friends or frenemies, mm. not letting them uh, determine your value, not letting their opinions uh, have that much influence over what you're seeing in the mirror, over what you think is achievable and attainable for yourself.
2: Uh-huh. It's like you know, almost being selfish, and yes, uh, you know, it is to a sense. Yeah, you got a- but care for of for it. like it's, it's a positive selfish. Yeah. Right, like it's it's selfish for self care. Well, self worth, self worth, self worth. Lead by example. Yes, yeah. yes.
1: Be the example. You see that hashtag in a lot of my content, yeah. and that's that's what I'm striving to be. I am a, I'm a father too, um, beautiful children, and that is my number one job. Um, is what I take the most pride in, and everything I do, everything that's happening, everything that's being created, is with them in mind, and and me wanting to create opportunities for my um, children.
0: Yeah. Make sure that they have exposure to, to multiple things. Like uh, how powerful is it when they see that, okay, my dad is out there creating this. I can create anything. Right. And that's why we need more representation, representation across all industries and all facets. But this is one where there's not barriers. It's so easy to do this, to have these conversations and build. There's such good skills that you're getting from this. Mm -hmm. Like, but it's, it's like you said, uh, when we spoke
2: yesterday, it's it's being fearless and actually going after what you believe. You know, you can accomplish for yourself. There's gonna Taking be a, chances. There's going to be a lot of
1: people who who doubt. There's a lot of people who who are going to question. Like, look at me. It's it's boxing. It happens to be boxing. It could be anything that you're passionate about. Mm. But with me, it's boxing. A lot of people think I'm crazy for for trying to fight competitively at this age. You know, I have a degree. I have a career. Like, why would I ever do that? Obviously, not for the money. I'm not trying to fight professional. <laughs> this is just, this is just a, a personal. You sure you're challenge. not making a run? This
2: <laughs> one
1: is around 240, right? 6'4, <laughs> right? You, you, never throw know, the, right? You, throw, you throw the right bag at an exhibition, you never know. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, that's why I feel like a lot of people are connecting and will continue con- to connect with this story because I think everybody, you know, man, woman, regardless of race, um, regardless of, uh, you know, socioeconomic status or, or start in life, uh, everybody has passions and everybody has that thing or those things that they always wanted to try but never did. And so, for me it yeah, happened to be boxing. It's interesting. It's like the you know complacency know that kind of says Yeah, you, right? whether You're whether like... it was you always wanted to, to play hockey. You know, go join a men's competitive right. rec league if you never played competitive hockey. Whether it was, you know, I always I always was a good artist, like in school, my doodles were always dope, but you never really put any real energy into it to see what you could actually produce. You yeah. know what I mean? Like whatever it is, like I said, with me, it was boxing. That was always the thing that lingered in the back of my mind. And I always wondered, you know, how I would have done if I would have really put all my efforts and energy into it. And that's, that's just the spirit I'm going into it with. And that's what I want to encourage well, other people to do as well, regardless you know, of age.
0: You know what they yeah. say? Like, you know, a lot of people go their whole entire life, like chasing money, but what you should really be chasing is, your dreams true. Your goals and things that you like to do and pursue. And that way you will have some type of, I guess, create that purpose. Like we talk about in, yeah. in terms of how you want to facilitate your life. Right. Yeah.
2: But, but it's, a, it's, it's also about taking the time to actually understand and know yourself mm-hmm. and identify what those things are that you're, you're passionate up. about. Yeah, like what are your goals? You know, how yeah. do you define that? Just, like, yeah.
1: Exactly. You just gotta be relentless. You gotta stay focused. You gotta be self motivated. Yeah. You can't wait for you can't wait for me or anybody else to motivate you. If my content helps you, yeah. helps you see, you know, possibilities in, in your own life amazing, but nobody's going to be there to get you up at six in the morning to go for a run. Nobody mm. is going to be there to make sure that you go to the gym after you've worked a full day and picked up your kids and cook dinner and clean the kitchen. Nobody's going to make you do it. You got to want to do it.
2: You so it. now this is, this is an interesting question because you, we talked about, you know, you were up to like, how heavy were you to what? 270, 270, 275, yeah. 270. So what was the the driving force behind that change in you like i said just the, what i saw in the mirror all the things that i referenced earlier yeah
0: i
1: was going through with, with work with you know just life and losing family members and my relationship dissolving yeah um you know i was just not happy with with a lot of stuff inside as well as what i was seeing physically with myself so, in the mirror sorry on, something Monday. i want
0: to highlight there you said with work, and I think this is one of the biggest things in terms of the impact. Like one of the things in the pandemic, also too, is how like the shift to work. I would say emphasize certain things in the workplace, right? Organization has fundamentally gone through this huge change, and a lot of things that were, I would say, underlying issues start to creep up come back to, the, these surface. One come of to those the surface. They come to the surfaces around, you know inequalities, inequities in these places, and some totally, of those things, right? And totally. it becomes, you know, for individuals that are, as I would say, racially visible, or specifically African Nova Scotians, it becomes a difficult place to work sometimes. Work is work is stressful. Um, navigating on the, those spaces, on the best days. Navigating through these spaces that we have to normalize some of these racist activities. Uh-huh. Totally, and for
1: myself, you know, like I said, I, I, I've been kind of immersed in the cannabis industry since I was born my parents actually met during a weed transaction my dad was selling a, a gram to my mom as a teenager you know what I mean right so it's it's always been around me um, my mother's you know been a, a lifelong advocate and and consumer um so uh, there's a great deal of passion in regards to everything revolving cannabis for me which is why I was so excited to have the opportunity um to be involved in the industry and yeah there were a lot of a lot of challenges you know what I mean a lot of you know, systemic barriers—we'll call them—and yeah. mm-hmm. um, there, there just weren't the opportunities that that I was looking for, that I had hoped for, longed for uh, in that industry. And you know, that's that's a again another catalyst to to all this stuff happening and me wanting to create my own value, my own worth, because I was tired of being told that I wasn't good enough.
0: Yeah, it's funny in the workplace you get that constant reinforcement of not. It's that performance, right? That totally. need for per- perfection all the time. And the reality of it is that if you're working t- for, towards perfection, and, what, and especially in these industries that are under resourced, don't have the cultural capacity, as some would say, to deal with individuals in the workplace, you're always set up for failure.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. you always have something hanging over your head, right? That is Dark keeping you. Yeah. It's. Uh, it, extra it,
0: weight on it, your shoulders, right?
2: It, 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 it prevents you from actually becoming uh, the best version of yourself in those environments because you're always uh, looking over your shoulder because someone's doing or saying something, you know, whether it's uh, n- intended or not to like it
0: impacts you. Yeah. right, Intent versus impact.
2: Yeah, it, sure. it, it, it really impacts the, the, your experience within a workplace or with just in, in society in general. Right? Like you're always walking around with that dark cloud.
0: Yeah, it's I think some people say that like it's a you know, the daily microaggressions. And I don't even really believe in microaggressions. They're more macro now, I find it, right? But it's a daily doing that on a day to day basis, like you said, Larissa, when you enter into outside of that space, that's still there with you. It's not like it goes away, right? It's kind of like pollution that's (laughs) following you around the entire time, right? Yeah. You know, and it's one of those things that constantly second guess yourself, everything you do. Right. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's important. Right. And, you know, it's amazing to see that you've found an outlet, but an outlet because you keep saying this thing about opportunity and one of things like you said, changing the narrative, but also controlling your narrative. And that's one thing that we need to continue to do to control that narrative around setting the bar for ourselves, using some of this stuff and experience to help elevate. Yeah,
1: absolutely, and, and change, uh, create, control uh, the narrative is, is is a big part of of all this, and me wanting to be uh, a voice for the voiceless because there's a lot of people going through these things, whether it's in work or in life in general, and and they they just feel like there's not a voice. That's that's who I'm fighting for. You yeah. know, why am I fighting? What am I fighting for? I'm fighting for those people who can't. You know, what yeah. I mean? who, who for, for whatever kids. reason, yeah, I'm fighting for my kids. I'm fighting yeah. for change. I'm fighting for positive growth and opportunity.
2: Yes, yeah, just to, to create you know, a space, uh, where, you know, they can feel comfortable speaking. Uh, but I think it's
0: even more, it's just showing them that, you know what? Speak up, like yeah. take control. Yeah. We all feel, often talk about that. Like one of the things with the podcast as we went through the historical side of it is our ability to identify things now. And like, and not that we knew, we knew that they were there and we would speak up, but now having the concrete evidence behind it and the tools to be able to say, this is actually how this is happening. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that as we go along this journey too, the workplace is going to be a great place to explore some of these barriers. Right. Absolutely. Like, right. So I think that it's endless in that sense. Totally. You guys have worked in the corporate environment for just as long as I have. So not
1: just in the cannabis industry, but along uh, in many industries, you Yeah, know, we've all seen it. We've all dealt with it. We've all, <laughs> Faced, you know, racism both over yeah. and you know the under the table systemic stuff, and it, it's challenging. And, and people don't really understand how how it takes a toll, especially if you don't speak up. Like when I think about all the times where I never said anything and just kind of put my head down and took the took the black joke and stride, and like it, it almost does a disservice because they have no awareness of how okay. years of st- that weighs <laughs> on. I got <laughs> you know to st- I got no so fucking let's, clue. let's have a conversation <laughs> about
0: this. Well, something you said there that's really yeah. interesting. Is that you didn't speak up and talk those black jokes, and so there's a couple of things that's really interesting. It's like black but, jokes, or or you know, being looked over micro, for for opportunities. Yeah, that's all right. those things, right? And, and this is the other thing and too. And this is the other thing too. It's about survival, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Like I have to survive job security, so I can't ruffle the fur. But here, here, hundred uh, uh, percent. Uh, uh, Nobody uh, wants to be seen as
1: the the angry black man. Right? What's
0: okay? So what's the? F- I want to get this. We might not get this. On the recording here, but what's your favorite black joke that you've ran into in the workplace? Oh man we all have stories of black jokes, right? Just give a second to think about that. little pause here. let's just throw this in
1: <laughs> so uh, I got a good one. It's not really a joke like there's tons of jokes that come to mind, but it's more of like an incident so meet okay I, I got was, one I was actually working in a in, a, in, a, in an account of mine I, I, w- I won't name the company, but I was working in an account of mine and you know my uh the the manager of of the account or the owner of the account um white lady uh had a great relationship with her i was actually working with a colleague a senior rep at the time somebody who had been with the company for like 20 years you know close to retirement really great guy had great rapport with him i think i'd been at with the company for you know maybe a year or two mm-hmm. at that point so i was still relatively new but i was you know was finding my groove doing my thing He's out with me in stores, and you know it's a, it's a convenience store, and uh, she has a a wide assortment of, of penny candies like you whatever you want, man. You know she has sour die. rings, the gummy bears. You know. <laughs> nice. one of my favorite stores. I'm a candy guy, right? So you know my my colleague is just kind of browsing around as I'm you know doing my sales thing with with my contact with the manager there, and he he's going he's looking at the candy and see him like licking his lips. He's you know really excited about the candy. It's something he wants to say. And he, he looks up at both of us, me and the store owner, <laughs> God, and he's like, uh, yeah, those those black jujubes, we used to call those nigger babies back in the day. <sighs> wow. And I was just like, and I, you know, I'm professional, dressed for work, yeah. I'm actually mm. selling to an account right now. And, and that's a just, fact.
0: They used to call them that.
1: Yeah. And, <laughs> and like, he was like, totally Tar just babies.
0: like- Tar babies. babies, <laughs> yeah. Just like Tar
1: innocent, just, my, just like was... thought it was funny. He like chuckled. I like Coconut dodge. I too. could <sighs> see the- So the store owner was his age, probably like late fifties, early sixties, you know, and she was super uncomfortable with the comment. She Mm kind of like turned around and and started doing her thing. And, um, yeah, I was very uncomfortable. I didn't know what to say. I didn't really acknowledge the comment. And then the rest of that work day, I was just kind of quiet and I never really did anything about it. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? I didn't want to be that guy. (laughs) pack that.
2: Larisse, do you got one? I don't have one. Really? Yeah. I don't have one. You, have,
0: you don't have a- No, not
2: working in HR. Oh, right. Didn't, didn't, the, didn't
0: catch any of those. I said, Larissa's like the nuclear bomb. Like when you- Like, you know, HR <laughs> yeah. people are feared anyway. Oh, you don't know, trust they them. They know he's snitching. And then he comes in, and then Larissa comes in, they're like, oh, a black guy in HR? No. Yeah. I get a Well, I worked in the corporate world, and I was in marketing. I was working there like Chico and Belly. Yeah. <laughs> I got a good one, and I'm not going to go as, you know, yours is over. Really overt. And you, yeah, um,
1: that 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 was overt. like. I
0: mean, yeah. <laughs> we I, and I've had the M word said in the in the workplace too. I'm not gonna uh, go. Mine's more of a microaggression and tell you how it works and how you know some of these. When we talk about equity-seeking groups, do it upon you. And typically, it happens with what Sometimes with me is is uh, I find white white females. So when I I worked in Edmonton, right? We lived out there together. Worked in Edmonton. Uh, get a job with a company. I won't name specific industries that we've been in, but it's uh go to our our it's a monthly or monthly weekly uh meeting we have amongst the sales group. So I go there, new girl comes. You sit down there and you know, going around introducing yourself. It's all going good. Somebody asks, You want coffee? So they're going around the table asking for coffee. Gets to the new girl, she looks over at me and goes like this. The waitress goes, How would you like your coffee? I'm sending across, maybe like <laughs> three or four seats down from, not in direct view with her. She turns over and looks at me and looks at the waitress. <laughs> How do I like your coffee? I'll have my coffee black like I like my men. And she stares at me. <laughs> and I'm uh, like, like, thinking to <laughs> myself.
2: Did first you tell Marcelo about this. Oh yeah, Marcelo knows because I, I,
0: I share openly about this stuff, and I had to look at Marcelo. I'm like, first of all, she's not even. It's just, there's no inkling from me. Like if I came in there and gave you that vibe, like we had that kind of connection, I did something wrong, right? Make sure I didn't. I'm like I'm sending their thing the myself.
2: Kid, the heartbreak kid though. The heartbreak you know kid.
0: Nobody said anything, <sighs> nor did I, because I'm like, because that comment could almost be seen as like a compliment which over time and this is why i say this like let's reverse but the again roles, though could go i go to a woman versus impact, impact but could i go and say that to a woman yeah no that would be wrong but that's where you exercise your privilege specifically mm-hmm. as it's a white matter, female white women can do whatever they want <laughs> trust <Right>? me <laughs> and to do that and so this is the other thing too it wasn't just one thing with her. It, 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 it led up to multiple things over and over again as well, too. That was just foreshadowing what's coming. And usually if you're, you're bold enough to say that in front of a group of 20 to 25 people, oh, yeah. you, you don't oh, yeah. get, you're racist. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So I you just that, let you know privilege, she's privileged.
2: Oh yeah. That's what you do. Ready. Right. She was she was like, you know. In
0: it's case you,
1: you were wondering, you yeah. just wanted to make sure you knew I knew. I was where, like, what she was about, what time it was.
0: Yeah. And like I said, um, I don't mix
1: business with pleasure.
0: Right, A Wise man
1: has told me never dip the pen in company.
0: No, don't do that. <laughs> Absolutely. Especially being black. Yeah. You can go well, in there and especially. do that. Especially. Say, right, don't,
2: let's... don't eat in the same place that you shit.
0: So let's get, let's get back <laughs> on track here. So who have you collaborated with? Right. Who's been beside your brother. And I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about your relationship with your brother in that sense. But, you know, some of the work he's done is great. Right. Yeah, just Gave no. him an opportunity as well, too, to explore some of these things. really
1: Creating opportunities is somebody that, that, you know, has always been super creative and had, a, had a, just a natural um, eye and talent for like the audiovisual stuff. So when he got a hold of everything I was going through and kind of how I was channeling it, like I said, he just started recording it and he's everything you see. And, um, he's he's produced, so it's it's it's, it's a blessing to have uh, somebody like that as a, as a family member. Um, none of this would have started uh, if it weren't for his vision, at least not the in the way that it is. I'm sure my story eventually would have came out in right. some way, shape, or form, but the whole time with boxing and you know the music and kind of just how it's kind of engaging people it wouldn't have been done the same way so yeah he's been the the main co-collaborator uh my other brother shout out nathan the sober soldier uh wes and edmondson he helps me write some of the caps uh, nice, so nice, a, lot, nice, of, a nice. lot of props on the caps and um he's 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 helped me out in, in that regards times when i've been super busy you know sometimes just writing that right cap takes the the most time yeah oddly enough so he's he's kind of helped with that but other than that no, man, it's just the coaches, what you're seeing off film. My boy, Brett Beaton, shout out. Boom. Brett, bad Boom. boy, eat Beaton. Yeah. Um, you see him in a lot of the content as well as my coach. has a the relationship
2: there? Like, what, uh, what's the experience been
1: like? Oh, amazing, man. I met him uh, when I started going back to, to City of Lake. So, like I was saying, I, uh, during the pandemic, started – just working out at home and sweating lots lost a lot of weight and then i got up the nerve to go back in the city of lakes Mm -hmm. and he was the first person i I met when i walked in there Uh and uh, me and him hit it off and we've been super tight ever since uh he's like a little brother to me um i think he's he's destined for greatness uh just turned pro uh, within the last year, and he's, he's three nice. and one. So off to mm. a really solid start. He got another big fight coming up June tenth uh, here in Halifax, and uh, you know I'll be on deck for that for sure. But he's been super supportive um, uh, behind the scenes, in front of the camera. As you guys see, he's really been a key part uh, uh, of my development, and uh, also the coaches. Shout out to the the crew down at City of Lakes. Um, my guy Floyd Donovan, uh, everybody knows Floyd, and uh, Gary Johnson, the OG. Mm. Uh, never met anybody that knows more about boxing than Gary Johnson. He's an absolute living legend. Um, if you're serious about about learning the the art and the skill and the science Sweet of boxing, science. you need to talk to to Gary Johnson and of course Kirk. You know how to use your hands. His yeah. son Kirk, one of the greatest heavyweights in the in the history of this country. Um, I have the, the the blessing and privilege to to work with him and to learn from him and to absorb from him and to take punches from him on a, on a regular basis, <laughs> which hmm. I feel has uh, humbling. It's super humbling, but it's what, at what the same called? time
0: a controlled beating <laughs>
1: at, at the same time. It's really helped expedite my learning curve. Yeah. Um, at least that's the whole intent behind it anyway. So we'll see first fights next week. So we'll see how, how
2: it all looks. Nice, mm. nice, nice. So you brought us me like to, you know, through your journey to today, what are your long-term plans? Uh, and like for you know boxing, you know future endeavors. When was to get uh, a fight? You get that. Yeah, you like go. got, check that got, off the box. Me. That was the the big
1: one on the bucket list, and that's coming up. I, I'm going to keep fighting. You yeah. know, regardless of the outcome. You know, you can't always. You know, we are all, we're all confident. Right? But you've got to take losses in life. so I'm going to keep fighting. Uh, I want to get a, a few amateur bouts under nice. my belt. I think it's something that I can be be successful at uh-huh. and is, is helping me in, in many ways. I'm currently unemployed, so it's been a, a blessing to have uh, boxing. Right now, mm-hmm. and I feel like God just places everything in your life for a reason, right? At all the right people, time, all too. All the challenges, all yeah. the opportunities. Oh, keep it right. focused he through never, all this, right? Exactly. So that's mm-hmm. that's been an absolute blessing. So just stay focused on the boxer right now. Keep putting out dope content. Trying yeah. to grow my my follower base, and uh, eventually we're going to be coming with some some mm-hmm. really dope merch. My uh, my oldest actually, my oldest child came came together with uh, with the logo that's now um, on the YouTube channel. Uh, at I am Arco or at Dark Horse Arco. Um, on TikTok as well, we're building all but the, the, the social know, media platforms. It's funny you
0: talk about your family, right? Look, look at all of this, all of the skill sets that they have, and you, you know, and you're just like kind of discovering this. This is pretty, pretty amazing, right? Yeah,
1: no, it is amazing, man. I think she's going to be uh, a, an amazing. Um, Contributor to, to everything I have moving forward, her artistic capabilities are, are second to none that I've that I've ever met, especially for a fourteen year old. Well,
2: I think you need to keep uh you know encouraging you know oh, that the, to to stay in that creative space because there's a lot of opportunity yeah. there. Yeah, no,
1: absolutely. So long term, it's about building uh, opportunities for my children and getting them involved in everything i have going on as well. And like yep. I said, uh, my grandfather, one of the first, if not the first black. Uh, dog breeder in canadian history i want to start breeding dogs i've been everybody who knows me knows i always i always kept some dogs i was and <laughs> rottweilers or whatever I'm, I'm, I'm just a dog lover nice. um and i would i i am going to uh reinvigorate um his brand black ace kennels nice so stay tuned that for that in the coming years we will be uh breeding and producing some of the the best quality um american XL bullies in in Canada. Ooh, big one.
0: Big yeah, boys. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Something else so you mentioned there about followers. And, you know, you started this out organically. And you've seen some real good growth when, you know, you said some, you we know, had conversation about goal setting briefly, but you just talked about that. Like, how have you seen your followers grow because of the content you're releasing? And how rewarding is that for you to see, like, you know, like, you do this, you're doing this for yourself, but also to see that, People are motivated by this. Yeah, right now, um, it's, it's not even about the money. Like, obviously, I, I would love to be able
1: to monetize um, some formats of this this brand eventually. That's obviously the the plan and why we create brands and, and want to be entrepreneurs. But it's really just to, to motivate and inspire. And, and that's really what's kept me growing by seeing the organic growth just on, on Instagram. Like, I, I really haven't paid attention to YouTube or TikTok or anything like right. that. I've been mainly on Instagram. And, you know, over the last year and a half, my, my followers have you know, five times Mm. So And that's just organic, that's not doing any cheese, that's not paying for fake followers, that's uh-huh. just people from all over the world just sharing my stuff out. Nice. You know what I mean, and really messing with it just because of the message. And I think, um, like I said, I haven't even given people a glimpse into my life, they know about the boxing journey, they know about the fitness and the mental health aspect, but there's so many more layers to my story that I think a lot of people are, are gonna connect with and resonate to, which is why I'm always excited to have opportunities to get on uh, amazing platforms like this and give a little more context mm. um, to, to what people people are seeing uh, on my social media
2: platforms nice so when it comes to social media what other platforms are you using you mentioned youtube yeah uh, we see a lot of stuff coming out on a daily uh or weekly basis on uh instagram great content by the way like what Thanks, what man. where do you uh where do you, what other platforms are you involved with yeah
1: so they, like shameless plug uh at i am mr h johnson on go. Instagram, um, YouTube. Um and TikTok at Dark Horse Arco.
0: Those are mm, the nice. three platforms right now. I think that's pretty. I think like it's a lot. Yeah, it's like how lot. do you
2: manage all that,
1: bro? It's a lot. And like I said, all this stuff happens for a reason because because I've been so busy with work and you know being a dad and you know the whole boxing thing. I really just decided to focus on Instagram. But now having been uh, part of one of the mass layoffs uh, with with my employer, um, yeah, I have extra time now. So now I've just been focused on uh, revamping. Um, YouTube. YouTube's all <laughs> up and running now and uh, gonna get the, the TikTok all polished up really soon here too. Uh, you
2: know, a lot of the stuff that you're doing with the content uh, in, in the social media is, is, is positioned pretty well in the creative space. Like, what has working in the creative space meant to you uh, personally, you know, throughout your journey? It's
1: been everything. It's been a, an amazing outlet. Uh, like I said, the having... <sighs> It's been a great way of holding me accountable. Ooh, you know what I mean?
2: Accountability. And we
1: talk like about it. we talk about goal setting and hmm. being realistic with yourself yes. when, when when you're setting these goals. Um, me choosing to to share my experience and my journey with boxing is definitely making sure that I'm staying on my shit because I want to go out there. I'm amazing, Sean. Knows yeah. I'm. I'm one of the most competitive people you'll ever meet. Louise. Yeah, yeah, but you lose yeah. against me. It's different. Right?
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's just different. <laughs> right? Sorry, I couldn't. I just couldn't let that slide, right?
2: Yeah, but it, it 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 opens up like vulnerability. Yeah, totally. Right, especially uh, putting it out there like the way you have like raw. Yeah, man, I gotta, I gotta
1: work. I gotta put in that work. I gotta show well. I don't want people to think this is just you know for likes or whatever. Like this is really my life, man. Like what what people are seeing is probably. 10% of, of the layers work right? that I'm actually yeah. putting in, you uh-huh. know what I mean? Like I, I, there's no footage of me, you know, going for the 3 5k runs a mm-hmm. week or, you know, shadow boxing for an hour in my living room cuz I can't make it to the gym that day and it's too cold or rainy out to to go out in the shed, you know what I mean? Like this it's, it's been a lot of work and having this creative outlet has been great for for holding me accountable and making sure I stay consistent and and persistent in in relation to achieving the goals I set for myself. Um And it's just been so great in terms of, um building my confidence mm. because you know I had i been going through some things and my confidence was a little shaken and just being able to to see myself in 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 the light that I'd seen myself inside but maybe other people weren't seeing me right that way again controlling the narrative your self worth yeah I'm, I'm showing yes. people yep. i'm showing people who i am absolutely you know what yeah. i'm saying you don't yes. got to you don't got to assume nothing you don't got to ask no third parties i'm putting it out there you know what i'm saying everybody knows what time i'm on and what i'm about and what i'm working towards and what i'm fighting for and if you don't tune in
2: i always had the i always had the itch to to box
1: do know? it do it okay yeah, so hold mother. on before we end <laughs> yes right that's another big part of this is is you know obviously boxing is something i have a great deal of passion for boxing is also one of the fastest growing sports amongst the youth right now boxing is also uh something that you know, parallels life. Everybody's fighting for something, mm-hmm. and people like yourself who've always wondered about boxing—if you got relatives or friends who grew up boxing, you always fucking wanted to try it. Do yourself a favor and go to a boxing club. Uh. Go to a boxing club. It's different. Changes than your life. It does. It oh will yeah. change yeah. your life. I go. Baby.